What's up, Fromies? Welcome back to First Rounds on Me, a podcast about dating, relationships, love, sex, and everything in between. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-host and First Rounds on Me founder and CEO, Joe Feminella. Today's guest is Melissa Brasilia. Melissa is a model, entrepreneur, and creator and host of Very Human, a podcast about the celebration of human experience through conversations that unite, inspire, and enrich. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, do you want to start by maybe telling us a little bit about Very Human and how you started and what it's about? Yeah. So um, Very Human, like, oh, my God, it's a long journey. <laughs> Take us through it. We're, we got time. Um, so back in 2016, I was living in New York City. And that was like the first moment I had, I would say, like my big, like, aha self evolution moment. And I had a really dark moment um, that required me to do a lot of inner work and self reflection. And along the way, I learned a lot of tools that were going to help like enrich my life and keep me on path and keep me in balance um, with myself, with my spirituality, with the people around me. And I started to spread that message along um, to the people that are around me, but also on my platform because it just came naturally. I'm like, right. oh, read this book. Oh, do this. Oh, do that. Or have you guys heard of this? Have you heard of that? And I realized like, I'm sure we're all aware, like the community behind connectivity and positivity is very popular mm -hmm. <laughs> these days. Sure. And people are definitely searching for that connection. Um, and so I had that idea back in 2016 to start a podcast, but I just didn't feel like equipped enough yet. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot more learning to do. <laughs> I had imposter syndrome. I was like, ah, who am I to like, try to like, you know, be like, I'm not a spiritual guru or anything like that, but it was just like, felt like a lot and it felt intimidating for me for a long time. But I took that idea and I ideated on it for the next like six years, six to seven years. And originally I had a different name. It was like Manifest and Finesse and it was this and it was that. And then 2020 came along, well, actually 2019, and I was just talking about it more. And it was just like pulling out my heartstrings. And I was like, I, st I still want to do this. You know, I still want to like create a platform um, where we can have like honest conversations and like kind of like those nostalgic campfire conversations where you really just unravel, you know, you get comfortable with each other and you can unearth challenging topics that we all feel, mm -hmm. but maybe we're not all displaying every day. Um, and so it kept like, poking at me and poking at me and I'm like okay maybe I should like kind of get started like I don't know and then I went on a podcast and I was saying you know oh I have this idea I have this podcast I like to do one day and we talked about it moved on and the host who asked me to come on the podcast later on reached out to me a couple of months later and he was like hey Mel I really loved your idea and I think that there's something there he's like I would love to help you with it and that was kind of like a sign, right? From the universe, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I'm like, oh, there's something there to this person that they would go out of their way to like provide their services to me. So I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe, and then when was this? This was in like 2019. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I love it. Like, let's go for it. Um, I have a really good friend who I've been friends with since middle school. And she happens to be 
um, in TV and film, and she's a great director and editor. And so I brought the idea to her attention. Her partner is also in the same field, and they were like, we love it, let's help you. So I was like, mm. okay, dope. <laughs> like, we have this idea. I started mapping out the, the plans, and um, we're like, okay, we're gonna shoot our first episode in 2020 at the beginning of 2020 and then the world shut down so you caused covid somehow with somehow starting your podcast caused covid somehow that's i knew it <laughs> i wouldn't say we caused covid but um we were gonna i think we were gonna shoot like the first episode in march and then mm. obviously covid came around so we had to postpone it and then i had to sit on it a little bit but what happened with that is like it got bigger and the idea got bigger and it gave me time to actually like sit on it and flush it out and then my partner came into my life, like, that's a long story, we'll get into that later, but he came into my world and he's also in TV and film and they have really great skill sets. So I think I was telling you before we got started here that it's a um, cinematic approach. It's very, very like editorial and just like watching a movie mm -hmm. kind of, that was like the wow. concept. Um, and they all just like rallied behind the idea. We're a small team, but we're mighty, it's five of us. And eventually, towards the end of 2020, we shot our first episode, and then we just kind of started going with so that. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So what were you doing from, you know, 2014, from when you first thought the idea, or 2016, whatever year it was, until you actually launched the first episode? Like, what were you doing for work and life oh in general? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, 2016, I was a waitress mm -hmm. working in New York City, and I was miserable, like I said. <laughs> Where was this? Uh, what spot? Budokan. Okay. It's actually famous. It's in Sex and the City, uh, the movie. And that's the scene where um, Miranda like ruins Carrie's relationship right before she gets <laughs> married. So everyone always comes in there and they're like, oh, we want to get like, I think it's the Cosmopolitan drink. And people have, they have a uh, Sex and the City tour. So people will come in there and yeah, it's one of the little landmarks. That's in the West Village? That is in the meatpacking district. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. So I worked there for a little bit and that I was happy at first, but it just like wasn't feeding me. It wasn't fueling me and it was a very toxic environment. Yeah. Um, and I eventually was like, what am I doing? I had already graduated. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, like, am I really going to be a waitress? And like, how long am I going to do this for? I was a waitress for five years. So I loved it at first because I love interacting with people. I love the connection with people. Like I just enjoyed it. But that place like was a cloud over me to the point where I would be on the train on my way to work having like mental breakdowns. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Because like now the now the spot that you're in, right? We were talking about this today. It's like you don't feel it's real life that your job is something that you you actually love to do. And then you think back of the jobs you've had and you're like, it was a cloud over my head. Like, how did I wake up every morning? And you don't want to say like a cog in the wheel, but it's like just doing something that you weren't passionate about. And I heard something yesterday, which really stuck with me was, uh, you don't find your passions, your passions find you. Mm. And you know, you're talking about like this whole wave of people trying to be like, not gurus, but this whole wave of positivity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's nice, but it's also real. Like people really find what, what's connecting to them. And I feel like that's what you do. That's what we're doing is like, that passion found us like we we want people to connect and now it just feels so easy and the fact that we can make a living doing it it like doesn't feel like real life but i get what you're saying thinking about like going to work as a waitress and be like fuck this cloud is killing me 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I reflect on the past, I'm like, whoa. I did a lot of jobs in New York because New York is like, you got to hustle, right? Well, we're from New York. I know. He was yeah. telling me. And I lived in the West Village. That's why I asked oh, where okay. Budokan was. Yeah. It's a it's a hustle and bustle city, which I honestly, I appreciate it. It gave me so many tools to be equipped with for my life now. Um, but I, I mean, I was in school um, full time and I was interning at different <laughs> studios and PR companies. And then I was also waitressing and I was a bottle waitress. So that's like nightlife and that's a whole different scene, <laughs> you know, and then I was a cocktail waitress and I was doing food and, and, uh, I mean, I was a nanny. I, I mean, I took every little opportunity cause I'm like, okay, I just need to make money, like bust my ass, ass <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just like figure it out. But yeah, eventually, I think 2016 was like that very defining moment for me where it was like, it was my level up, my reboot, my reprogramming of my spiritual computer. Yeah. You know, it was like, all right, let's update your software. <laughs> and, it, and what happens is like, you have to almost like hit rock bottom to do that because you have to have a lot of self-reflection Yep. Um, in order to do that. And so that happened to me. Um, but yeah, I then was also modeling, but I wasn't really doing it all the time. It wasn't full time. It was like a little bit here, a little bit there. It was more for, for like fun, um, working with a lot of street photographers, Instagram photographers. That's how I got started. I got scouted. Um, and they set me up with a photographer called underground New York city. And he had a big platform at that time. Um, and then one thing led to another. And so I was modeling a little bit, but it was not paying the bills. Like, I mean, I would go <laughs> for like one hour and just get paid like $70, but I'm like, okay, I need that to pay like my electricity bill. Or, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah. And then I moved here and then modeling really took off for me. And so it became full time. Cool. And you, you mentioned a couple of times, like the tools you found to like kind of help yourself and get you out. You mentioned books. What else was, uh, helpful to you in terms of like getting out of that funk and like making progress yeah uh, meditation I really dived into that to the point that it scared me and I stopped meditating for a while because I unlocked something in that space um but yeah I mean I think when you hit that point you're so desperate for some type of relief or some type of like answer you know yeah. what I mean so you start just kind of trying to dive into everything mm -hmm. like okay what's gonna help me um, so I, yeah, I really went into meditation, which I love. I think meditation is really important. Um, I don't meditate every day, but you know what? I take that back. <laughs> I don't sit down and like go inward every day, but I meditate some way, somehow, whether it's music and vibing out, whether well, I was going to ask you, like, I, I would say that meditation is the only thing I haven't really fully gotten into yet, but I would, um, I really want to. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me a little bit more about like what meditation is for you and like what you do and how you understand and learn it. Cause I'm, I'm like so excited to like dive down that path. Yeah. But like you said, I'm a little scared. So I'm like intimidated to start it, but I would like to hear from your perspective to like ease me into it of what I could expect. Yeah. I mean, I think meditation is probably different for everyone. Um, but like, I think the common meditation that we all know is like, okay, sit down, get yourself comfortable and close your eyes and go inward and try to silence your mind. But silencing your mind is very difficult because mm -hmm. you have so much noise in there, <laughs> you know, that, that's trying to like get your attention. Right. And so what I learned through the practice is that it's not about completely silencing your mind, but it's allowing those thoughts to come. But like also just say, hey, and then send them on their way mm -hmm. and then try to hone in on something, you know, maybe it's an affirmation 
or maybe it's a a color. Like when you close your eyes, you see colors, right? Mm, Do you ever see colors? I definitely don't see a pink elephant. That's for sure. It's not a pink. It's like a hue. It's like for me, like I'll see um, I'll envision like violet or something okay. you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'll just kind of like focus in on that are you <laughs> are you trying to see i was just trying to too <laughs> like, right, let's, I don't let's, know. I let's reach it. for it <laughs> it could be imagination at play um i think it's a lot of visualization as well and so i i actually used to go to um, a meditation um guidance class that my friend was guiding and so i learned a lot through that and he taught us about visualization and like seeing light flow through your body like you have to have imagination it's like manifestation oh. right it's the imagination is like for me the key to life and i think it's so so crazy that when you get a certain age like you're told to not imagine anymore and like yeah. all these kids have imaginations right and they have all these they just imagine and dream about everything because they don't know the real world but i think if you could keep that imagination as an adult like that's that's where all these inventions come from and that's where all yes. these people who break the the barrier like us you know at least we're trying to but it's like if we didn't have imagination we'd probably be waitressing or i'd be in finance or he'd be in you know sales and we'd just be doing the basic things but somehow some people keep that imagination as adults and it's the most impressive thing yeah we should celebrate it imagination yeah, yeah. i oh, i used to actually i forgot about this talking about hustling in new york city um i started a little um event company with a friend of mine slash roommate at the time and we called it reverie and that's like to celebrate like the daydreamer (laughs) and we wanted to celebrate people who were daydreamers and people who were artists and they had imagination and it kind of tied into the whole concept of community and spirituality and just being in a safe space because going out that can be traumatic at some points you know like you got to get to the door then you got to be like Okay, put my like put your best self right yeah. forward and hope that you're led into the club. And some people get denied and rejected, and then like think about what that does for someone's self esteem. You know, to feel like oh, I'm not worthy of being in this space. Yeah. I think I think that that is the hardest part about adults having imagination is that if you do get rejected, how do you cope with it, and how how do you not let it crush you, and then keep going right? And I think that's why a lot of adults don't even try because they're so afraid of not being let in, like you mm-hmm. said, because it takes a lot to be let in because you have to fully give yourself to the imagination. Yeah. And if you're kind of half in, you're not going to get in. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of parallels to dating, right? With If you are scared of rejection, you don't try, right? You don't put yourself Definitely. out there. You don't tell people how you feel. Um, you know, then you're never going to know. And But if, you, if you're willing to put yourself out there and know that, you know, regardless of what this person says, I'm going to be okay, then that's, you know, then you're going to set yourself up for success. Yeah. So I I do want to get into your podcast specifically because I love the name and I'm sure it's like very on brand. But how did you meet? Because you're engaged now, right? Or married? I'm engaged. Amazing. (laughs) love it. Thank you. How did you meet your partner? Okay. Um, (laughs) Instagram. Mm. Steve always says that Instagram is the best dating app. It's the best dating app. I say that to everyone. Um, (laughs) But the funny part is he did not slide into my DMs. He slid into my email <laughs> with a mm. long, le- lengthy email. Um, was it like a business inquiry? Or? No. So what happened was, you guys are going to love this. Uh, I don't know what got into me, but I was just like, okay, 
this dating scene is ridiculous out here. <laughs> now you were in LA already? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was like, there's so many fuck boys. <laughs> so I went on live and I never go on live Instagram. Like I never. And I just felt the need to go on live. And I just posed the, posed the question. I was like, why are there so many fuck boys? Like, can someone talk to me about this? Like, can the guys tell me what this is about? What the psychology is behind this? Like, why is someone a fuck boy? How do they get to this place? And so the conversation started flowing on live. And I guess he was watching from afar. And he was a follower, a stranger to me. I didn't even know who he was. And he was watching, and I guess his phone died. But he was so intrigued by the question, and he wanted to answer it. So he was like, okay, I really loved like the questions that you were asking, and so I thought they deserved an answer. So he took it upon himself, and he wrote this very thorough email answering all my questions, wow. analyzing why a guy might be a fuckboy. And obviously, when I saw my email, like, that email came up. I was like, who's the psycho? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, nah, who's the psycho? Because nah. I'm actually like, that type of stuff warms my heart. I'm I like, actually think it's one of the smoothest moves I've ever heard uh, of. Yes. Right? Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, he actually had time to like reply. But I wasn't like, ooh, I'm ready for you to play. No, I was, I was joking anyway. I, I, think know, it's, I think it's a good move, especially if it's well thought out. And, yeah, yeah. I could I'm, see you doing something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I am interested in what he said though. What was the gist of what he said? <sighs> If I can remember correctly, he was saying it has a lot to do with like lack of father influence um, and also influenced by your peers, um, maybe like not being so tied into like feminine energy as well. Mm. Um, and then, as we all know, like the abundance of options. Yeah, because I think I that's think, the main. Thing yeah, I think everything, I would. Yeah, everything he's saying, I think is true. And then the top X percent of guys probably have their pick right mm -hmm. so like they don't want to commit to anything these fuck boys out there i don't know i don't know who they are but these fuck boys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah i could talk about fuck boys all day <laughs> but yeah i mean especially in la and you being like a model and, and attractive like you probably have a lot of attractive or high quality men at least on paper or on instagram i should say like that are interested in you so like they have a bevy of options and they're not going to commit so they get the label fuck boy because that's just yeah. e and easy for them. You know what their cop out is? What's that? I swear to God, I'm just not emotionally available. Like my dad didn't tell me that he loved me enough or something like that. I swear to God, mm. you, I, so, so many times I've sat across <laughs> the table and I'm like. So they're aware enough to say that and think they know that, but not aware enough to change or not. A, they I won't change it. I think has to like consciously, like when I'm in Hannah, of course you see beautiful people, right? Men and women all over and you're just like attracted to them, right? But you have to like actually tell yourself in your brain to be like, no, the person you're with is actually worth not entertaining any of these things and staying focused on you're with this person because you love them. And of course, if a beautiful girl walks by, you're maybe going to glance and be like, oh, that's a beautiful woman, right? Mm -hmm. But acting on it is totally different because you don't know, you don't know what's behind the curtain, right? And I think that a lot of men think that it's the best thing behind the curtain, right? And then they go, they fuck them or whatever, like not to be so vulgar, but then they find out like, eh, you know, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. And they just run away and say like, eh, I'm not emotionally available. And I think once you meet someone of very high quality who you have a really co good connection with, turning your turning that off in your brain and saying like, okay, I could always be attracted to people, but acting on it and being true to this one person is more important than anything else. And I think it's more, more dangerous too. 
because you to have what? to open up. You have yeah. to be more vulnerable. Mm. So I said intimate. this last week on a different podcast that men are intimidated when they meet the person who does that to them. And that's why sometimes we like run away or we seem uninterested because we don't know what to do. Right. And if we get past that wave, then, you know, obviously, hopefully it's something amazing. But yeah, men get super intimidated. It's scary. Here's a question. So I do want to hear about how you respond to the email. Um, did did you so you read the email? <laughs> did you did you look up who he was first? No. Okay. Because that's that. important. That's important because I think if he's like, you know, an attractive, successful guy and you looked him up first, you'd be like, oh, okay. Like you'd be intrigued before you even read the letter as opposed to like if he was, you know, some dude that looked like he lived in his mom's basement and then you read the letter, <laughs> that's when you might get like, who is this weirdo? Yeah, but, you guys, I, don't scold me, but I never looked up anyone before meeting up with them. Really? Or like, yeah, I never. Well, like, we're, just, we're not going to scold you about anything. <laughs> no, I, that's I'm reassuring not, to us. Who the hell am I to scold anybody? I know, but you know, some people are like, oh no, you don't Google people before you go on a date? I'm like, uh, no, I just go and allow that person to show me them. I, I go off of That's self-control. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But I go off of intuition. Mm -hmm. And how's that been? Like with you meet a guy on an app, right? Prior to obviously being engaged, meeting him right away without doing research. Has it always been like somewhat of a normal experience? Fuck boys. It's, an, which is normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No crazies. I mean, I've had like slight crazy, but nothing extreme. Um, yeah. It's normal. Like, yeah. And I think like, that's why we always ask women about our app, right? Because we do push people to meet on a date very quickly, but we also want people to be safe. And from our standpoint, like me especially, I was so open to like meeting people right away and figuring out if I like them or not. And if not, whatever, we have a good date. If we do, that's great. Let's go on a second date. But I hated like wasting time and I didn't really want to like do research and all this shit, especially as a guy. You're just like, mm -hmm. let's go on a date and see what happens. Mm -hmm. But as a woman, like that perspective carries a lot of weight. Yeah, it really does. Like I understand the concept of doing your research first because you can't trust people like that out here. Like unfortunately, you know, like not everyone has the best intention. So it is nice to know like who this person is. Mm -hmm. Um and I understand doing that and like why you would do that. But for me, I just never felt called to that. I just would show up and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was always in a public space. Um but I also like I, outside of like safety measures for like their resume, I wasn't interested in that. I wasn't like, who are you? What can you provide? How many followers do you have? How attractive are you? Like, I'm never, I don't come from that. What was important to you? Who are you right. inside? Like, that's what's important first. Like, okay, do I feel comfortable in your space? Like, are you pleasant? Do you have a good personality? Can we have a good conversation? Right. Do you stimulate me int intellectually? Those are the things that were important to me. How do you treat me? Sure. Right. Now, do you think that it's important to have that through the phone before you meet them or to happen in person where you could kind of feel the energy behind it as well? Um, you need to have, that's a good question. I think you need <laughs> to feel that somewhat through the phone, mm -hmm. right? You need to feel like there's some type of vibe mm -hmm. um, and catch how they are as a person. Right. Um, but I think you can't really tell until you are in face to face because people can hide behind a phone. Right. People can hide behind their mask in front of you. <laughs> yeah, even a couple dates. You yes. may not know. Yeah. Everyone starts off with their representative. My mom always taught me that. She's like, 
girl. <laughs> She's like, when you first meet someone, they're always going to have their representative on. Like, <laughs> I like they're that, their representative. Yeah, they're going to rep <laughs> themselves to the best of their ability. They're going to have their mask on. They're going to come, like, correct. They should, right? Sure. Like, um, not everyone comes so vulnerable initially because afraid to be vulnerable, to scare people off, et cetera. Um, she's like, so, yeah, the representative will be there first. And then that starts to melt away as time goes on if you guys decide to continue. She was yeah. very accurate. Yeah, she, she taught me some shit. Yeah. Yeah, she taught me some things. I learned a lot from her. Is That's she why I have a ring on my finger. Are you, are you from New York? <laughs> um, no, I'm from here. Okay. Yeah. And your mom's from here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Born and raised, L.A. Wow. Yeah. So I, I do want to go back, though. So you saw the letter, right? Yeah. And how did you respond to it? And, and how did it go from there? Because it's very interesting. It's a very unique approach to... In hindsight, yeah. knowing him now, it all makes sense. Okay. <laughs> he is a very unique person. He's yeah. very different. He is a unicorn, and I'm <laughs> very lucky to have him. Um, I, I felt, first of all, I think I felt very honored that someone took the time out to respond and put so much thought. And it obviously made him stand out because most guys are just heart eye emoji <laughs> oh you're so beautiful like it's something so simple and lacks so much depth right, right? Yeah. anyone can do an emoji on a story <laughs> not um, my dad my dad wouldn't be able to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> almost well, anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, they um, you could build your house but not, <laughs> not <was> use an <laughs> emoji <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I appreciated it. And I responded, um, you know, I responded. I, I took some time and answered with the same energy. And I was like, thank you so much. You know, like this makes sense. And yeah, it was nice. Cause I put myself out there seeking a question mm-hmm. and he put himself out there giving an answer. Yeah. And I appreciated that. And that was it. Like it went nowhere else. When you responded, you, did you now know what he looked like? Or you no. still, still, wow. He didn't even have photos of himself on his Instagram account. It was like all of his work. But here's the thing. I still don't go and look at people's accounts like that. I don't know. Wait, so time out. So then how did you go from your responding email to going on a date? Okay. So <laughs> this is very interesting. <laughs> we have a crazy love story. I'm not even going to lie. I mean, it's starting off pretty good. <laughs> um, So... He was following me, and then later down the line, he was watching a story that I posted about. What do you What do you mean later down the line? So nothing came of the emails. No, what was it? Yeah. Wow. Like a couple of months went by. Now, did you keep him in no. the back of your mind? No. Oh, it was just an email. Okay. No. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, babe, but no. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that was a sweet email. Okay, I got my answer. Okay. Like, let's move on. Yeah. Were you single at the time? Yes. Okay. Single and having a lot of fun. Okay. And getting my heart broken. Mm. My feelings hurt, but having so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, yeah right. Where some of us are still there. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be single at this time, though, because in New York, I was in a four-year relationship, mm. and it ended pretty sour. So when I ended that, I was like, I need the time to do me and be me and mm. have fun and explore. And I just wanted to, like like let loose like i have fun (laughs) um so i wasn't looking for anything serious um but i was it's funny i say that i wasn't looking for anything serious but i in the back of my mind i was still always like oh i hope this person is like maybe i think we always naturally do yeah right like you don't want it or hope it happens but if someone amazing comes along like that's i think everybody's dream yeah even if i mean if you want to be single or not i think Hoping someone amazing comes along is always, like, nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
So I think I had that in the back of my mind, but my ego was like, nah, we having fun. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we're about to like have, we, you just moved back to LA, you're out, you're about, you're meeting on all these new people. So I just wasn't trying to do that at the time. Um, so yeah, a couple of months went by and then I posted on Instagram story. I think like I was watching. Why there's so many fuck boys out there? No. <laughs> This one was a little bit more wholesome. Um, I posted a story of the Food Network channel. They were making pasta. And I was like, ooh, I want some pasta. <laughs> like, that's all I posted. <laughs> and then he responded to the story, and he was eating spaghetti. And he was like, oh, look, ha, 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 sorry. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. You know, just like the mm -hmm. back and forth, little flirt flirtatious banter. Did you know he was the same guy that emailed you? I don't think I did. Ooh, okay. I may, I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'm telling you, I was so aloof. Like, I was not connecting the dots. <laughs> I was not paying attention. I was just, like, in my own world. Um, Your blood sugar was low. Which you needed pasta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. You had no idea what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And he provided me pasta. He was like, let me take you to get pasta. Let me take mm. you on a date. Whoa, this guy yeah. smooth. He's pretty smooth. Okay. Yeah, he's smooth. But even <laughs> then, after the date, we didn't date. Wait, two, so you said yes to the two date? To, two to three more years later. What? Wait, yeah. but two you said yes years. to the date? Oh, yeah, I said yes to the date. because I you still know what he looked like. Eat. Huh? You still didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, I know. I showed up and was surprised. <laughs> yeah. What? This is amazing. Um, Wait, two to three years? Yeah. So, okay, so what happened? I told you, it's a crazy yeah. love story. It's a crazy love so story. You have the, where, where was the pasta place? It was at, um, I want to say Bavel's. Bavel's? Okay, so you show Downtown, up, you so see him. You have a pasta date. Oh, yeah. I show up. I see him. I'm like analyzing his fit. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> of course. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, and it's funny because we joke about it today, but I'm like, I don't even remember the date that much. But he remembers all the details. But I'm like, oh, that happened? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> he knows exactly what I was wearing, how I showed up. Like, I love, he's I love really in love with you. Oh, like, full on. I love, I love this. Oh. I'm taking notes. The man <laughs> loves me. Like, and I love him. That's but a he, real yeah, love. Yeah. Me, I'm like, I just remember you had a briefcase and some some business little shoes. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? Like, why do you have a briefcase with you? Did he bring his own Parmesan or something for the <laughs> for the pasta? <laughs> um we had a really good conversation. I remember it being really good. Um, and he was very kind and he has a light in him. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, he's a sweet guy. <laughs> But the thing is, is he was the sweet guy. Mm, and you wanted a bad boy, fun, fuck boy. Like, because mm. going back to what I was saying, the sweet guy is the dangerous one. Why? Because he's the one that's going to unlock your heart. Oh, right. oh. oh so you think oh, it happens both ways for the man and the yeah. woman. So he wasn't, okay. like too, he wasn't like too nice, but he was someone you were worried about. Like, I wasn't worried, but my, I think, like my spirit wasn't ready mm, okay. like but but at the forefront like i wasn't thinking about oh my god he's gonna break my heart but i'm saying like a little bit more metaphysical mm -hmm. i spiritually and emotionally was not ready if that makes sense yeah, of course yeah. definitely yeah so i was like we think that the bad boy or the bad girl is the dangerous one often but really we're just avoiding a lot of times the person 100%. who's actually going to maybe make us unravel. But a lot of us don't really look at it from that perspective. I actually am reading a, a book right now. It's called um, A Return to Love.
by uh, Marion Wilson, and she talks about this. And it really is like a nugget. It's like, oh, shit. A return yeah. to love? A return to love, I yeah. I'm reading The Eight Rules of Love right now. Eight Rules of Love by oh, okay. Jay Shetty. Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. nice. That's I'll good. check that one out. Yeah. It's really good. I definitely recommend it. Um, but yeah, they tend to be danger- dangerous, but we don't look at it like that. It's more of like a subconscious thing, I think. Exactly, right? subconscious. Thank you. Um, we don't look at it, I don't think, like that in our conscious mind. We're not like, oh my God, this guy's going to be dangerous for me because <laughs> he's going to unlock my soul <laughs> and my heart. And, yeah. you know, we're just like, oh, he's such a sweet guy, but okay, cute. <laughs> like, <laughs> next date, <laughs> pretty much. And when I say next date, like next person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? Um, so we had a good time. And uh, th- we even went and had drinks later on, he told me. I forgot. <laughs> And I even let him come back to my house so he can rub my feet. That same night. (laughs) And you forgot? I forgot. You were having a lot of fun. I was. I mean, okay, I didn't really forget about him rubbing my feet, but I forgot about like all the other details. And like, but yeah, so he, um, that's it though. Like, that was it. Um, And then I think we hung out a little bit after that again. And he was like, oh, I'm going to um, Brazil. And he loves Brazil. And me being flirtatious, I'm like, oh, am I going to go with you? Are you invite? Is this my invite? Because, you know, <laughs> I was like, I want to go on a trip. But I didn't think he was actually going to be like, yeah, come to Brazil. So I was like, oh, is that my invitation? And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to go? I was like, okay, sure, sure. We only, kn- like, really knew each other for a month at this point. Like, actually started hanging out. And so he um, gets me a ticket gets my visa because at that time you needed a visa to get to brazil like gets me all ready and prepared and i just wasn't feeling it oh wow well you get when you got there oh i never went oh, i didn't make okay. it because <laughs> i was not feeling it yet yeah. i was like and your middle name too i know brazilia it, you guys it's a full circle story i'm telling you we were going to get married in brazil that was our original destination Are you brazilian? no okay. but I look like it, I guess, my name, <laughs> so everyone thinks I am. Um, but yeah, he like was all ready to go, um, paid, booked all the stuff for us. And like a few days prior to the trip, I was just like not feeling it inside. I was like, oh, I can't go with this guy. I don't really know to like a foreign country for 11 days. Just reflecting on my past experiences with dates. I'm like, what if I what if I can't stand him? Like, how am I going to escape? You know, now right. I'm stuck with him. Like, We think that dinner is a tough uh, date to escape, let alone being in Brazil for 11 <laughs> Yeah, days. I was like, shit. I was like, I might put myself in a weird position. I don't know about this. Like, I just, I was like, I don't know if I like him enough. Like, I can't fake it. Like, I cannot fake it. Like, if I don't like a guy, I'm like so sweet. And then I'm like... Like, they're like, what happened? I'm like, I just, I can't. That looks scared the hell out of me right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lie. I go from like being really open to just, I don't even know what to do with myself mm-hmm. anymore. I'm like, oh, I don't like, if you did something that I don't like, I'm just mm. turned off and I'm done and I'm ready to go the home. Worst feeling for the ick, as the, as the kids call it, the ick. The ick, yeah. exactly, <laughs> the ick. And so I just didn't want to have to experience that. So I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is the right, the right choice. And then I ended up booking this big job. And I was like, okay, that's a sign from the universe. Like, don't go. Because the job was going to be the dates that we were going to be in Brazil. So literally, I kid you not, I was like, fuck. I was like, okay, how do I tell this man? I'm like, I got to put my big girl panties on. And I got to just be like, this is what it is. I'm not going to make it. And so I called him the night before our flight. 
and he is packing and he's so excited. Oh, also he took me to Target. He bought all my like toiletries and stuff. Wow. Um yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um I'm not a fuck girl, I promise. I was just gonna say that. I, I know it sounds like that. Imagine the roles are reversed. Wow. Here. Oh my god, I'm this listening be to in myself and I'm like <laughs> it kind of sounds like I'm the fuck girl. Wow. But I was just um I felt really bad, but I just had to listen to myself. Like I just had to. And I was like, I don't think it's meant it's meant to be. And so here's the question what did you tell him that or did you tell him you had the job? I told him both. Okay. I was honest. Full honest. Wow. I think that's our relationships is built on honesty. I was always transparent with him. I keep I forgetting there's a happy ending to this story. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's going in all sorts of directions. Yeah. I know. It's a whirlwind, <laughs> this baby. This is a good movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What, I, how did he react to that the night guys, before? I was so nervous because I'm used to men not handling that type of shit well at all. A lot of men operate from their ego and a lot of masculine energy and like getting rejected like that and spending their money on you. You will hear all the names in the book, right? Like, how how dare you? Like, I spent all this money. Like, I thought he was going to respond like that. So I was nervous. But I was like, this is going to be very telling to his character, mm-hmm. how he handles this. Character is the most important oh, thing. Oh, it's crucial. This is a big character test. Yeah. I'm very excited to hear this. Huge test. Major. <laughs> are you going to flunk it? Or are you going to ace it? <laughs> and so um, I call him up. I'm obviously, like, kind of nervous. You know, I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to tell him? I was just like, you just got to say it. You just have to say it. And I was like, hey, um, what you doing? Oh, he's like, oh, here we go. No, yeah, he, he, he knew it was coming. He, he, he did say, he's like, I kind of had a feeling. But he was like, I was keeping my, like, optimism mm-hmm. up. And he was like, um, he's like, yeah, but when you started, he's, he's like, I just knew where it was going. And I said, um, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm packing. Like, I'm packing. I'm getting ready. And then I told him, I was like, listen, I have some bad news. I'm not going to be able to make it. And then there was just like silence, like a pause. And he goes, really? Like, for real? I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, honestly, I just don't feel, you know, good about going right now. I don't really know you too well. I don't feel super comfortable. It's 11 days. It just doesn't feel right to me. And then I booked a job at the same time and I need to take that job. So I'm sorry. Um, I hope you can understand. Yeah. And he said in that moment is when he gained the most respect for me, because not only was I being truthful and honest to him, I was being truthful and honest to myself. Mm, That's That's deep. And he he probably kept the target receipt so he could just return everything. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So he ended up going to Brazil still. Why was he going for work or something? No, for fun. He loves Brazil. Brazil's like his shit. Um, he's been so many times and he loves it. And he was like, I was so excited to show you Brazil. Mm-hmm. And he said his plane ride there was so sad mm-hmm. and so miserable. Cause you think you're going to be having that companionship and that person there. And then now you just got rejected and you're on a flight, like a I'll 16 th- hour flight. I'll take the double seat. That would be nice. <laughs> 16 hour flight right, with the empty right. seat next year. <laughs> that, that might be better. No offense to you, but that might be better. <laughs> no offense taken. Um, so yeah, that happened and he went and I was like, okay, that's done with. I thought that was over. I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about that. But anymore. how did he handle it? He just said, okay, and you just went? Yeah, yeah, he was. He didn't curse, like he didn't say anything mean. No, nah, he's a G. No, yeah. he handled it so well. He was so respectful. He was like, I get it. I understand. Thank you for telling me. Um, I wish you could make it, but like handle your shit. Like do what wow. you got to do. 
And that was it. And then two weeks later, I get a letter in the in the mail. This man wrote me a, a love letter. Wow. From <laughs> Brazil. After he got home. Handwritten. I have it till this day, crisp as can be. Numbered one, two, three, four, five. And I will read it at our wedding because I read it the other day. I found it and I read it and I was crying because everything he promised me in that letter, he has fulfilled. And I'm like, whoa. But wait, I love this I guy. So I love him. <laughs> wait, so this is like two months after you first met. Mm-hmm. And then there's still two to three years left until. Oh, get- yeah. Do we have time to like virtual? <laughs> this is amazing. This is better than notebook. Like a hundred times. This is like going to make our yeah. podcast just <laughs> spiral. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um. And it's funny because I don't share any of this information with like on my platform or anything. When I got engaged, no one knew I was even dating him. It was just like, oh, I'm engaged. Like I had people be like, wait, when? <laughs> like, when did you like, when, what, huh? Because I kept it so to myself because it's so sacred. I'm yeah. like, I don't need any external energies fucking with what I got right. here. You know, like <laughs> we about to build this shit. And I don't need any like evil <laughs> eyes on the outside. Like that's how I felt. Like for real. I was like, no one needs to interfere. It's not about like not wanting to show that this is my partner. It's about more of protecting what we have. Yeah. Um, so it was like funny when I did announce that I was engaged. <laughs> like guys, I swear. But I have, it's funny, I have like the most kindest like admirers. They were like, damn, my heart's broken, but I'm also so happy for you. <laughs> like you deserve it, but like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, eh. <laughs> Um. So yeah, he wrote me a love letter. And I, I was like initially like, you know, because I didn't know how I felt about him. I wasn't there yet. Like, so getting a love letter from a guy that you're not co- connected to, it's like, what are you doing, doing the most, you know? Yeah. That's how I tuck it initially. I was like, okay. But I didn't throw it away. I actually folded it up really nicely and just put it away. And it's like so preserved. It's so s- crisp till this day. But yeah, he just, in that letter, he was like, I would love the opportunity for you to like, get to know me and see me he was like i want to know you and i want to see you and he's like i know you have a lot of suitors i know you have a lot of options he was like but i want to be that person to you and then he just went into death he was like this is what i'm able to offer and provide you wow i wasn't ready for that type of shit like i wasn't ready at that point so i was like okay meanwhile i have all these guys like (laughs) drinking me along (laughs) you know and i'm like why does he treat me like this? And then you have this one guy. That's the funniest part about it. Through all of those guys who treated me like shit, there was that one guy like ready to love the fuck out of me. Did that make you happy in a sense, knowing all the bad situations that there was this good guy who, not that you could like, not a safety net, but just knowing, okay, there there are good guys out there and he's a prime example. Or was it not registering at all? It wasn't registering. Wow. Like I just... I was like, I had good guys in my life, don't get me wrong. I had a couple of really good guys who wanted to love up on me, I guess you could say. <laughs> but <laughs> but I wasn't looking at them. Like, just quite frankly, I just wasn't interested and I wasn't overthinking it. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, they're a sweet guy, but I'm yeah. over here, you know? <laughs> like, to be completely frank, that's where I was. Um, and I'm also used to men being like, shooting their shot, but me telling them, hey, I'm not willing to give you anything other than a friendship. And if that works for you, then let's have a friendship. And them agreeing 
but then it hit hitting a ceiling, mm -hmm. hitting the ceiling, because what happens is that's not what they want, mm -hmm. right? There is other motives there, other right. intentions. And so as much as they're like, Mel, I'm cool with being friends. I just want to be friends. It doesn't work for them because they want more. They're just trying to stay close. They're too. just trying to stay close until they can make their move again. And then you reject them and they're mad at you. <laughs> it's like, wait, I told you I'm not trying to like go there with you. And so those guys started falling off one by one because they couldn't handle it. They were like, I don't, I don't like this, right? You didn't. They showed themselves at the mm. end of the day. They showed us, they showed, they showed, <laughs> <laughs> they showed themselves. And it was like a version of them that I wasn't a fan of. Yeah. But it made it so easy to like, yeah, you know, you saw the real, the real them. Yeah. That's what it came out eventually. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is great because this is not unconditional love. There are conditions here. And if I didn't meet you where you were and provide you the things that you thought you deserved, then there was nothing left, which is fine. Go about your day, but also like get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, one thing I got to ask, how is his handwriting? I bet it's immaculate. He has the best. I knew it. He I has the best. You guys, yes. he wrote me a card the other day because I was in a funk last week and it was like getting to me and I'm like, oh, I can't. I don't know what to do with myself. You know, I'm in a funk. And he wrote me a card and left it on the bed. And it was like the most beautiful card. It was so me. And I opened it and it was so nice. And he was like, you know, I just want to let you know, I know you had a hard week. He's like, but I love you and we can do anything together and all, all this like sentimental stuff. And I posted it on my close friends and everyone was like, his handwriting is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked him, I was like, how do you get, how do you have such good handwriting? Like mine looks nothing like yours. I got to practice. He has great handwriting. I bet, yeah. His penmanship is phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. If Hannah's going to be listening to this being like, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to actually do this before this podcast comes out so that. Um, yeah, right at that card. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's really good at that stuff. Like a little. So, okay. So we got to We got to continue the story. Mm -hmm. So you were at the point where he writes you this letter, the first letter. Right. And then two or three years go by. What happened in those two or three years? You tucked it away. He kept trying. He would like ask me out a little bit here and there. Sometimes I would respond. His his joke is like, you left me on blue dot, like on red. <laughs> like I have my red receipts on and I would just read it and not respond. I'm yeah. like ruthless like that. Like wow. I would just be like, well, is, that, oh. is that intentional or is that because you don't know how to respond? Or you're not like for certain things. I'm sure it's different for. It's not intentional Intentional in, in the aspect of like making someone feel away. It's just, I have my red receipts on and I don't feel like. I owe anyone a response if I don't want to give them a response. Sure. That's kind of what it was with that. Um, and sometimes it's also I forgot and didn't get back because I got distracted. But yeah, so he's always like, yeah, you used to leave me on blue dot. Like you used to leave me on red. Like you didn't even respond to me. I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from time to time we would hang out and he would do like, God, he would do something. God, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> he would have like, like some really nice like gestures. Um, Valentine's Day, we weren't together, but this was just him showing, you know, his love and being him. He like would put balloons on my car and flowers and stuff. So when and I and how did you react to stuff like that? It feels good. It's nice. Like I knew he wasn't a weird person, right? You know, and you knew it was him, and I knew it was him. Well, when I would read the, right, the right. note, you know, but initially I'm like, what 
the hell? Like, who put these balloons on my car? But it feels good, like, initially for me. I'm that type of person. I don't look at stuff like that. I'm like, ew. I've always liked those type of gestures. I think Mm -hmm. it takes a lot to do that for someone, and I respect it. So, yeah, he would send me flowers, and he would do little things like that. And he knew I I had just moved into my apartment and I had my TV on the floor. So he hired some guy to come and mount my TV. He was like, I, this guy's amazing. Yeah. He was, he just, okay. I had a friend back in the day. I lived in New York and I'll never forget what she told me. She's like, Mel, she's like, there are men who do and men who don't. Mm. You don't have to beg them. You don't have to ask them. Like they know what you need and they provide. And my mom used to tell me that as well. She was like, the man who's going to be for you without you even having to ask, he's already going to handle it. And that's, that's the guy I'm married to or engaged to getting married to. And those like, I'm really excited to hear how we proposed to. Oh God, that's, but let's continue to how you guys get back together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so invested into this right now. (laughs) This needs to be like a new movie. Like, I don't know who we have to pitch this to or I don't think it's over yet, (laughs) but keep going. (laughs) Um, and that sat with me because I'm like, that's true. I dated a lot of men, a lot. <laughs> I lived in New York City for seven years and I lived here for. I mean, New York City is just, oh. it's it's a dating app in itself. Oh, yeah. Once you step foot on that island, Oof. you're in a dating I app. I had so much fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Escapades were out of control. <laughs> like, I had so much fun. Woo. I- <laughs> if you live in New York and you go out on a Friday night, <laughs> if you go out on a Friday night and you can't find somebody, like if you want somebody to go home with that night, Something went drastically wrong because, like, oh, there's yeah. so many people. There's so many people. I would go outside looking like, <laughs> like I got out of a dumpster. Like, and <laughs> I would get hit on. I would be in the laundromat and there would be a guy there. I would, I just be existing, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm getting an opportunity mm. to go on a date. I mean, I had no money in New York City, but I never went hungry. Okay, yeah. like I was always at the finest restaurants eating like i would just laugh i'm like man you're having lobster tonight you didn't even pay your rent yet like you know like i'm just like it's just how it is um you can do that anywhere as a woman i think you know women are lucky in that sense um for the courtship but new york is like it's hot like there's opportunities left and right um and i really had a good time out there i always tell my guy i'm like it took me a thousand dates just to get to you and it did because I went on a lot of That's dates. the name of the movie. I a took thou- me a thousand dates just to get to you. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's true. I dated a lot of people, all types of people from like every different background, religion. All rich though. What's his background? No, actually. I've dated some, some What does he do? <laughs> like, is he a writer or in the arts or something? He uh, is a creative director at Apple TV. Okay, that's what I thought. Just because yeah. it seems like he's so creative in what he does so that makes perfect sense yeah he is very creative very very talented and that's the thing i didn't know anything about him like he has worked on some major films and has gotten emmys and i had no idea nothing wow that's and then when he told me one day i was like wait what (laughs) you've got emmys wait (laughs) you finally found something out about him yeah yeah Yeah, finally i learned about him yeah (laughs) what's your what's your name again (laughs) yeah i'm like wait what um but yeah i'm like but it goes back to what I was saying. I don't look into people's resume that deeply. I want to learn that about them through interaction. But didn't that make him way more attractive? That I think so. Maybe. He said, I won an Emmy, but like not boasting just casually. And Oh, yeah. He's the like, most humble guy. Wow, like, that's so sexy. <laughs> yeah. Me even saying he works at Apple TV, 
when I said it, I was like, ooh, because he doesn't even like to say that to people. Like, he doesn't lead with that. He's, He's like, the opposite of every guy in LA. Yes. Who it's like, literally. If, if you park cars at, at the Apple TV parking lot, you're like, I work for Apple. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes, I'm a creative director. And he doesn't like to talk about it. He's very, because he doesn't like how people operate here. Mm-hmm. Once you tell them what you do, it's Can we become friends with him after this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, have him on. Actually, it would have been nice if we were both yeah. here. Um, but yeah, he, he's very creative um, and a hard worker. He's from London. And so he moved here when he was 21. And he worked at this um, production studio that is known to be just a very hard place to work and he slaved away like hours and hours and hours throughout his 20s like didn't leave his job till like 6 a.m back at like 12 p.m type of thing and so he worked for what he has and it i think it built you can see it in him it built a lot of just integrity and then he was raised by a single mom and his aunt and his grandma so he has a lot of respect for women and it shows he has a really beautiful balance of feminine and masculine energy and that's what I love because I used to think, oh, I need to be with an alpha male. But that doesn't work for me because I would say, OK, maybe I'm an alpha female, but it's not in the sense of like I need to wear the pants in the relationship. It's just I know who I am right. and I'm not going to take shit from no one. Like right. no man's going to come in here and like belittle me. They're not going to dwindle my leg. You're not going to like stop me from growing and doing what I want to do. And I'm going to challenge you. And I got a lot of flack for that from guys. They'd be like, you're just not soft. Someone literally said, I'm not soft. Like, they want me to be softer. They want me to be soft like a cookie. <laughs> and my ex told me he wanted me to be like a dog. And yes, I'm telling you. She's like, crazy. obedient? Yes, obedient. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I am soft, but I'm going to be soft with the right person. Mm-hmm. And like in I'm the right type of ways. In the what? In the right type of ra- ways. Exactly. So... I would get that a lot. Like, oh, you just want a guy. He's going to be a yes guy and do these things and do that. And I'm like, no, I want a guy who's going to respect me. And grow and communicate. Yeah. And let me be me. Because I found that like what's alluring to people about you, once they have it, they want to change that. Like into what they want. Into what they want. Yeah. So I've noticed that was happening a lot. Like I'm a very bold personality and when i go out i like to dance and i like to dance with everyone and people know that about me i'm like it's nothing like deep i'm just having fun (laughs) but if you're going to have insecurities and you want me to sit down because it's drawing too much attention to me you're with the wrong person nobody puts baby in a corner nobody puts baby in a (laughs) corner yeah no one (laughs) and i was those were conversations i was having with guys like i had a lot of those conversations where they would be like you just want to get attention and da 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 and you're flirting with that guy you're doing that i'm like i'm literally just being me i'm just a nice person that is outgoing and i like to have fun and you knew this about me because you met me out you know like you met me mad when i was giving you that attention Yeah. yeah and it's like even that attention it doesn't mean that it's um romantic it's just being i'm just being you know i want to elaborate on that a little more because i feel like um if you treat the opposite sex nice right like if you were dancing with another woman right no one would ever be like hey why are you dancing with that that woman right because it's a woman yeah but if it's a guy it's like why are you fun with that guy and i feel like it's like a weird way of sexism right when it's Mm -hmm. like um like I, i i try and be nice to everybody right what if like i'm being nice to you right and someone's like, oh, you're only being nice to her because she's really pretty. It's like, well, why? Why can't I just be nice to her because I'm being nice to him? Like, why do we have to make it yeah. all about just being ourselves and being nice to everybody, you know? It's just a weird social dynamic. I think I think I will say, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I will say 
in that situation, it's probably not. It, it may be more that the, the guy is worried about the other guy, like and how the the guy he knows the guy is trying to get, like going to try to make a move or be predatory versus you. Like you may not have that intention, but he's like, I know what the guy's intentions are. So it just, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying like that's probably like, the mindset. But I feel like then it's not trusting the oh, person. Of course, of course. Like not like her judgment, right? Like I think she could know when a guy's coming on too strong or like his agenda, and then like she could control how to get out of it on her own. She doesn't need like a guy to be like, hey, I know that guy's trying to get with you. It's like, well, yeah, I know he's trying to get with me too. I'm gonna walk away when I. Of course, feel yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I believe in boundaries too. It's like there's one type of dancing versus another type of dancing, right? Yeah. Like we know where the lines <laughs> cross, right? So it's like if I'm just sitting here and I'm jiving and grooving, why are you upset? You know, like you shouldn't be upset about that. And I do agree with you. It's like trust that I have good judgment and discernment and I'm not going to let this guy disrespect you, you know? Sure. But yeah. also like let me be me, like let me be a light in the room. Yeah, I always try and tell Hannah that. Like, like I fully understand what she's saying. Like, oh, women have an agenda that they want to try and get to you. And I'm like, I understand that. But trust me to know that once I feel a line is crossed, I will let them know and pull myself out of the situation. And the line will never get crossed because I will not let them disrespect you. And it's like having that boundary, you know? Yeah, it's great. I think I find it to be a turn on, honestly. I like to see my man get approached by women. I'm like, ooh. You into him? Yes. Yeah. Right? It, yeah, it, it I is love nice. it. I, I'm not, I don't know. I've never been jealous like that. I actually like it. I'm like, oh, he's wanted. He's desired. You know, but I know like he's not gonna do anything. I'm literally in the room. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. but I but I trust my partner enough. I've always came with that energy. I'm like, I trust you to make the right decisions. If you fuck up, that's on you. And you have to deal with the consequence. Yeah. But until then Well, because it sounds like he's he's the same person that you were attracted to, right? Whereas sometimes people get into relationships and they lose what made the other person attracted to them in the first place, whether they stop like taking care of themselves as much or like have that same like, you know, like if, again, cause it comes back to who you really are, right? If, if you have this front on for even for a year and then you slowly just like, you know, uh, like re get reduced to some other version of yourself that's not like that same person, like that's gonna be unattractive. So it seems like, you know, in your situation, he's probably the same guy that you met and giving off that same vibe and like, like, oh yeah, I, obviously people are going to be attracted to him because that's how I was attracted to him. So <laughs> it makes sense. And that means you're secure in the relationship and sounds like he is too. Yeah. I think that's your job as a partnership is to make each other feel secure and safe. So when you step out those doors, you know who you're with. If you don't know who you're with and you don't trust them, then you need to reevaluate your relationship. Yeah. Like truly, mm -hmm. because you should already have those conversations. Like, how do you handle yourself if this was to happen? Then listen to what that person says. You can hear and figure it all out with how yeah. that person responds. So for me, I'm very like, I love to ask all the questions. I'm like, you wanna have a threesome? You like other girls? Like, what were you doing when, before you dated me? Did you fuck on your couch that we're sitting on right now? Like, I'm asking every question and he's like, what? He's like, why are you asking me these things? But I'm inquisitive. Like, I want to know. And then I want to know, how do you handle yourself in these circumstances? Like, I think I know, you know, but I also want to hear how you feel. And so we talk like that. That goes back to communication and transparency. And we have those really in-depth conversations. So I trust him to do the right thing and to represent me correctly and vice versa. 
when I walk out those doors, I represent you. You don't have to worry about telling me. You don't have to scold me. You should know my personality enough to know if I'm like kikiing with someone, it's nothing deep. I'm just having fun, yeah. you know? And I've been with men who like, <laughs> I mean, I was with one guy dating him casually. We were in Beverly Hills and we were leaving um, this spot and I saw this reality TV star guy and I was like, oh, hey, like, you know, like, what's up? Like, and he was with his girl. So I wasn't even thinking about it. It was so harmless. I was literally just being me and he was so upset like he like pulled me by the hand and he was like listen i don't like that you did that <laughs> and i was like did what i didn't even know what he was talking <laughs> about right i'm like did what he was like i don't like that you like you gave that guy attention like that and it goes back to what you were saying that guy thinks i'm a clown that guy thinks i'm a fool that guy thinks i'm this and i'm like whoa and i've heard this before from other guys it's not about you it's about that guy and what he thinks of me and i'm like that's crazy why are you so worried about what he thinks of you you should be worried about what i think of you yeah, and yeah, what he thinks of himself because obviously of not much. Yeah, yeah. All, and to me, I'm like, your insecurities are boiling over right now, and that's when I start losing interest in you because I'm like, ooh, this is okay. Like you're insecure. Like, and it goes so much deeper than me just having a little harmless moment. Yeah, and if you let it play out, right, and say say you were interested in that guy, right? As him in that situation, I'd be like, all right, you're not the girl for me. Like, you're interested in that guy, like. All right, goodbye. Exactly. Instead of like forcing you to be like, no, be interested in me. Don't be interested in him. It's like, no, be interested in whoever you want. But if you're interested in him, then obviously you're not for me. Yeah. And I think it's okay, like, if he felt that way to express himself, right? Like, you're allowed to do that. Like, you're allowed to say it made me feel some type of way. But it was a, it was the way he handled it. And like, you're flirting and you're doing that. And I'm like, and I'm yanking you by the arm. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not. But I understand where you're coming from. But it was definitely the ego at play and the insecurities. I was like, mm. Mm. but I was like, but bet heard you yeah. like go off, yeah. you know, yeah. say what you got to say. Wait, so now can we get back to how <laughs> you you finally rekindled? Yeah. Okay. So where did I leave off? So uh, you, the flowers, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Oh yeah. So yeah. he was just doing. <laughs> he was just doing like those little things. Um, and so two years. So this was all like 2018, flowing into 2019. Um, and we officially got together at the end of 2020. So in between that time period, he would pop in, pop out, but I wasn't giving him much to work with. So he gave me my space, but I also told him where I was. I was like, listen, I don't really have a lot to offer right now. I can give you a friendship, but I'm just trying to do me. Like I got out of a four year relationship that was pretty toxic. I had to learn a lot. I'm still, you know, <laughs> I'm still like digesting that and I'm recovering and I'm healing and I don't want, one thing I knew about myself cause I am, I would like to give myself the credit enough to say I am self-aware. Um, I don't want to take my trauma from a past relationship and throw it into a new mm -hmm. one. And I think oftentimes a lot of people run into relationships doing that and that's where they mess up. You need to sit with yourself you need to find yourself. You need to heal yourself. You need to figure out where you went wrong, where you played the wrong cards in that relationship. And how do you want to now approach the new relationships? Because you cannot take your shadow side into that other relationship and place the blame on that new person yeah. and what the other person did to you. So I was really conscious of that. And I, that's where I was saying earlier, I think my spirit intuitively, I knew I didn't want to do that to him. And I never treated him poorly because something kept telling me, like, just 
just be gentle with him. Mm -hmm. Don't completely cut him off, but like let him stick around. And I don't know why, but I just felt called to that. And I listened to that voice inside of me and I just went with that. And I was very honest, like I said, about where I was. And he respected that, which is what I was saying earlier about men not respecting those boundaries because they want it now. They want that, you know, instant gratification, gratification. Yeah. (laughs) They don't know how to wait. Like people don't know how to, how to be persistent, you know, there was a saying that I read in this book yesterday that said, like, if you like a flower, you'll just pluck it off the plant and put it in a vase. Right. And then you like it. It's there. It's going to die. Right. But if you love the flower, you give it time and you water and it grows into something beautiful. I think that's a great analogy into this, right? Of like instant gratification is you like something, you want it now and then it dies and you don't care about it. But if you actually give it time to grow, it could grow into this beautiful, huge plant that you actually are going to enjoy forever. Yeah. And flowers are seasonal. So it may die, but it will come back. (laughs) Mm. So just wait your turn. Go through the cycles. We don't do that enough. (laughs) And I'm not saying everyone has to stick around. He could have easily been like, you know what, she's not giving me any play, any time, I'm going to move on. But something he did tell me (laughs) was that when he wrote down the person that he wanted to be, I checked off all those boxes. Who he wanted to be with, sorry. I checked off all those boxes. So when he met me, he made a contract with God that I was going to be the one. Like he set the tone. So he dated a little bit when we first met. He had just gotten out of a relationship too, but by the way, like when we first hung out, the very first date, he was probably three months single. And going back to what I was saying about myself, I was like, that's too soon. I was like, you're a serial dater. Mm. I was like, you need to like work on some things. I was like, I don't like rushing into relationships, like do what you need to do, handle some things, which made him do what he needed to do, right? And (laughs) handle some things. Um, And he dated, he he tried it out, he experienced other people, but no one stuck. And I guess I was like the person in his mind that kept coming back. And so he um, made that contract with God and he was like, I'm not going to put my energy into anyone else because that's going to be my wife. Wow. That's what he told me. And he said that to his friends. Are you into God? Yes. Okay. As you can tell, probably I'm spiritual and I, I believe in God. I believe in higher power and I'm very connected and I like to say I'm intuitive and I really do believe my intuition has got me where I'm at with my relationship. Uh, we operate through the Holy Spirit. We operate not through ego. We operate through like love and unconditional love. And um, yeah, we went to we went to church one day, uh, and I've never been there before. And he took me there, and is a pastor that he used to go see all the time. And he hasn't been there in like three years. But this guy is a prophet. He's really good, actually. And I know it sounds silly. Which church is it? Oh, I can't remember the name because okay. we don't go there all the time, but I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, but his name is Pastor Ruckins. And without him even like meeting me yet and talking to us before he even got started with his sermon, he like comes up and he's like, oh my God, good to see you to my fiance. And then he like whispers something in his ear and then takes off. And I was like, what did he say? <laughs> he was like, he was like, is that your fiance? But he didn't even see my ring or anything. He was like, is that your fiance? And I was like, how did he know that? He's like, I don't know. So then later on, at the end of <laughs> at the end of the um, sermon, we go up to him. He greets me, and he was like, "I like this. <laughs> Whatever this is, 
I like this. <laughs> he was like, there's some energy around you guys. There's something bigger that brought you guys together. He was like, it's, he was like, it's, <laughs> he was literally like that. And he was like, and your love story is going to help thousands of people when you wow. share it one day. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, hearing the love story so far, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, I really like this. And we had a reading and someone else, the uh, psychic, the medium, she told us the same thing. She was like, there is higher powers at play that brought you guys together. Like ancestor, like level. Wow. Yeah. And I believe in that. Um, because I'll tell you how I got to him, how I finally opened up my heart and it was spiritual and it was connected to God. Um, but he made that contract with God and he was like, I don't want to put the energy out there that I'm entertaining anyone else. So the universe can grant me what I need, which is me. Right. So he was like, if I'm distracted and I'm putting my energy in other places and dating other people, then I'm confusing the universe. And so he's like, so I'm going to put all of my eggs in one basket and wait patiently, which was ri risky. Wow. Cause like, who's to say I would have ever came around? God. Huh? God. God. God, <laughs> God was to say. <laughs> um, yeah. But at that point, I didn't know. I wasn't anywhere. Like I was not thinking about him. I was like doing my thing, having fun. Woohoo. He's like literally <laughs> woohoo. <laughs> like having so much fun. Um, and thinking that other guys were going to be the guy, you know, because now I'm it's like four years and that I lived in L.A. And now I'm starting to like want to settle down a little bit. And it's COVID. I'm like, OK, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, is this the guy? Is he the, one? is he the one? Turns out not to be the one, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so 2020 comes around. And I think like a lot of people, a lot of self-reflecting happened. And I was like, OK, I need to clean out the house. Like I need to just go ahead <laughs> and flush out. And I got rid of a lot of people in my life, uh, friendships and, you know, other relationships, just things that weren't um, aiding me and fueling me and they weren't good for me. So I was like, OK, I'm going to get rid of all these people because this is just not what I need anymore. Like I'm moving on. And I think allowing myself to do that, I allowed space for him. Mm. I allowed that person to come in and I made the contract myself, I guess, at the end of the day where I was like, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, okay, you practice and preach self-love all the time. You're always on Instagram telling everybody, love yourself, <laughs> you know, like don't let a man do this to you and do all these things and make yourself feel good and be in your div divine feminine energy, which I believe. But sometimes we preach stuff, but we don't practice it as much as we should. So I really sat with myself and like I, I asked myself some really hard questions and I was like, do you believe you're worthy? Like, do you believe you're worthy of like true love and being loved by someone who is going to treat you like a queen? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I think so. It's a deep so. question. Yeah. You have to ask yourself these questions. These They're hard because you really start reflecting on it. Like, do I believe I'm worthy? Which can then open up Pandora's box and lead <laughs> you somewhere else, right? Um, but I was like, you know what? I am a queen. And I do deserve to be loved by a king. And not a lot of kings are out here. So I'm going to sit patiently and I'm going to wait for my king. That means doors are closed. I'm not having sex anymore with other people. I'm not giving my energy away. Energy is currency. It is spiritual currency. Like you don't get time back. You don't yep. get energy back, right? Like you're giving that away freely. <laughs> people are using it and abusing it. And they're not refunding you. They're <laughs> not returning you. They're not depositing more energy. 
a lot of people are not. They're just taking. Some people do, but a lot of times, like, we're giving away so freely and then we're left and we've given away, like, a little piece of us every time we give ourselves away, especially when we give our bodies away, right? And a little piece of you is gone. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, you want to shut it down. You had your fun. <laughs> like, literally, that's how the conversation went with myself. myself. I was like, you had your fun. Let's shut it down and just work on you. Just do what you need to do. And so I stopped dating the guys that were around. I was like, hey, listen, like we can be friends, but I'm not gonna be doing anything, you know? <laughs> like, we're not gonna go there anymore. <laughs> um, and they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I could just picture how that went. Oh, it was so funny when they started figuring out I had a boyfriend. They're like, I thought you weren't gonna be with anyone. I was like, no, I wasn't gonna be anyone that wasn't worth it. Mm. That's hopefully, hopefully they took it and did some self-reflection of, you know, of their own. Whether they did or whether they yeah. didn't, that's not, your, not, yeah. my, not my business, you know. Um, I think we all learn lessons from each other. So maybe I did, you know, drop a gem that they reflect on. I hope I did. I hope anyone I've come across, they've learned something and gathered something great from me. Don't, take, don't take her out for a free lobster dinner because <laughs> she, she ain't coming back around. <laughs> but vice versa with all the people I've met too. Um but yeah, so I did that for a while and I just sat with that and I started working on myself and that's when I really started putting a lot of energy into Very Human. I felt more charged up. I had more energy, more clarity to do that. Going back to like when you are intentional about what you want to do, the universe grants you the blessing. I believe in that. Um, and so he was in my world, but we were just friends. We were just hanging out here and there. And then he, like I said, jumped on board for Very Human, and he just showed out. Like he. So what do you mean he jumped on board for Very Human? He pretty much helped me get it going. Like he aided me in a lot of ways. He became executive producer. He financially backed it. Um, he was like, I believe in it. He helped edit it. He was wow. like there on set. He helped film. Like he was just like, I believe in you. I think you can do this. Like let's do it. Wow. No if, ends, or buts. He was like, you have everything that it takes. Let's go. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, when you have some people pushing you, it makes it easier to do it. I'm like, I have the vision. I have the dream. I know what I I think it's do. more rare to have those people. It's so rare. Because I think a lot of people push themselves, but you can only push yourself so far. If you have someone pushing you, you're very lucky. Yeah, very I'm lucky. extremely blessed. I really am by the people, with the people that I have in my life. But it also goes back to like, I have those people in my life because I did my part. Like I said, I did clean house. I had a lot of people that weren't those people. And I'm not saying everyone needs to push you and hold you up, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but you need good people in your world. You oh, need good 100%. energy. You need people who support you, who actually believe in you, who love you, who love you unconditionally and accept you for who you are. You're bad, you're good, you're ugly, you're flaws. Like they need to accept you and they need to love you. Some people will drag you down with them. They will see your light and they will slurp it all out. And that happens. They're like, ooh, this tastes good. You know, like, where can I get more? And if you keep letting them come back for a refill, they will take it. Until there's nothing left. Until there's nothing left. And then you're sitting there and you're drained and you're exhausted. And you're like, what am I doing? You know? And then you have to go back outside, recharge your batteries. The Celestine Prophecy. Have you heard of that book? Highly recommend that one. Talks all about that. How people don't know how to cultivate their own energy. So they take it away from you. Mm. Slurping it up. And you need to go back out. And the way to do that is meditation, being in nature, like just being connected. And then you need to rebuild yourself. Yeah. You need to, 
And then you get to a point where you have so much energy that no one can penetrate it. Mm-hmm. And even if it happens and they do by some chance and you do kind of fall off past, like you are equipped enough to get back on. I think that's, I think that's like the, the most powerful thing. And I think some people confuse that with like a cockiness and mm-hmm. like that you're full of yourself when you're really not. You're just like, I'm just so happy with my energy and what I have to give. And if you're telling me that's a bad thing or I'm cocky or I'm, you know, arrogant, you're just not seeing the correct version of it. And yeah, you're going to pull some of that or slurp some of that energy out of me. They can't relate. Right. That's simply put, like they can't relate because if they were operating on that sp- like level, they would understand it. They'd be like, oh, I get you because it takes a lot of hard work. It's hard to be operating on that level. It's not yeah. easy. People think it's so easy. It's like, no, it's literally accountability. It's me waking up every day and choosing to be this way, to energize myself, to c- come from a place of love, to self-reflect, introspect, to work on myself, to give it away to the people who deserve it and to be like very intentional and have discernment. That's hard work because most people operate on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, I think accountability is the key word there because um, I've been accused so many times of like, oh, you, you, you think so highly of yourself. I'm like, well, listen. I'm the first person to promote myself, but I'm the first person to criticize myself. And I call it like I see it. And I'm not here just being like, I'm the best. I'm like, no, when I'm doing great, I, I'm proud of myself. When I'm doing bad, I'm like, what are you doing? Hold yourself accountable. And if you do both, that's good. If you do one, that's bad. Yeah, it's having a balance. It's having a balance. It goes back to feminine, masculine energy, <laughs> balancing, right? Yeah. You can't be so self-deprecating that... You, know, you hate yourself. You hate yourself yeah. and you can't be such a narcissist where it's like, okay, ew. Everything you do is perfect. Yeah, because, because you're not no. perfect. No one's perfect, but balance. It's like, yeah, I am great. Like, who else is going to tell me I'm great if right. I don't tell myself yeah. I'm great? You have to. Yeah. We're, we're so mean to ourselves to begin with. Negative talk is so, I mean, we all deal with negative talk, right? It consumes us. And like to go into your mind and be able to say, I'm going to fill myself up with positivity and think highly of myself. That is hard work. It's so funny that we think some random person on Instagram says that like where we look good in a photo, it validates us, but we don't tell ourselves like we don't value our own opinion of ourselves. We value some random stranger who we don't even know on Instagram's comment that puts us in a good mood, which is so crazy. I know. It's so crazy. Like if you look, if you when you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I look great today. You that's so beautiful. And you don't need someone's stupid Instagram comment to like help you believe that. You don't. You, you really know? don't. But our culture has, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's built an up. instant validation of yeah. I just want likes, even if they're not worthy. Yeah. I, I know I know people, I'm sure we all know people personally who don't like themselves at all. And they will sit there and cry to you and feel a certain way. But then maybe they have a nice following and they go on, go on and they post a photo of themselves. And they're like, I literally need it for the validation. Like, yeah. I need to get that validation from strangers to feel good. And that's where it goes wrong. Because it's, you're looking for the validation of someone else to make you feel worthy when you need to feel worthy from yourself. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the main reasons people have issues with dating apps, right? Is because a lot of people use them to get validation, to get attention because, you know, they're lonely. And I get it. I don't think, you know, I empathize with that and I feel bad for people that feel that way, but it's it's a problem because people say people are only on there for attention. No one wants to meet. No one wants to actually date. And again, painting very broad strokes here, but I think that's why is people want to get likes and they want to have somebody to talk to because they're lonely or they're sad. 
and it makes sense, but it it does sometimes paint dating apps in a bad light. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think we're you know going to start to yeah. How much time meander towards the finish line? But I did have one question. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Cool. Uh, So yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, (laughs) I just I did want to ask this. So you said he had made a list. And you checked all his boxes. If you f- are comfortable sharing it, I'm wondering like what were some of the items on his list? Because I mean, we definitely have a great sense for who you are as a person. Yeah. But I want to see how specific they were. Um, I think it entailed something like someone who was in touch with their like spirituality, someone who can go beyond the surface. I think his past relationship, he felt like he kept hitting a wall and it was surface and he wanted someone he could go there with without feeling like he was looked at crazy. And um, I think he wanted someone who was light and fun and a friend. Um, And I also wrote a list Mm. before I knew about him. And he checked all my boxes Before you knew about him, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one day we were in the car on our way to shoot an episode, actually, and I had the notebook in my hand because I was just going to write down some notes. And I flipped the page and came across the list, and I was like, whoa got this list and i was like this is about you i think and i look at it and I, go, I look at it and i start reading it and i'm like oh my god you checked off everything to the point where i was like i want him to be a photographer as a hobby so when we travel he can take all my photos and he <laughs> is he's a photographer he does film photography i was like and i want him to be my best friend and i want him a, i want him to have a nice balance between feminine and masculine energy and i want him want him to have a good connection with god and i want him to like you know be financially like stable and i want him to like do all these things and and he was all those things and yeah so without even realizing it like i wrote it and i put it into the universe and then the universe blessed me and granted that's amazing that's amazing um we'll we'll do some rapid fire questions real quick uh this has been awesome um so we we ask our guests some of these and we kind of uh so just whatever comes to mind right uh favorite drink on a date Mm, it depends. <laughs> it depends what mood I'm in and where I'm at. Um, either a dirty, dirty martini Ooh. with Jen, oh. um, or I am an old-fashioned type of gal. Ooh, but nice. if I'm feeling spicy, a spicy margarita mezcal. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite date spot in L.A.? Oh, in L.A.? Oh, my God. That's a great question. Um, ooh, I really love Hatchet Hall. Hatchet Hall. Where's that? In Mar Vista. Okay. It has a Michelin star. It's so vibey. It reminds me of New York a little bit, mm, like the vibes in there. Yeah, great music, um, great food. It has this like southern based cuisine. It's delicious. And the vibes are just, it's really immaculate. I feel Check good in there out. all the time. Nice. That's like my go to spot. I'm like, meet me at Hatchet Hall. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite podcast besides Ooh. your own <laughs> or ours? Okay, so I really <laughs> love, <laughs> I really love Hindsight and Hindsight. He's amazing. Who's that? Who's the host? Heinz. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, his name is Heinz, um, I believe. And he is awesome. I think he's so, he just has a really good energy to him. He has dreads and he talks about spirituality and just living a, a, a good life, like kind of similar topics that I, I love and I'm interested in. And then I really enjoy um, Saturn Return. Um, I can't remember the host's name at this point, sorry, but I really, she helped me a lot actually. So I'm so sad I can't remember her name, but. Sad in Return. I actually watched one of your episodes and I think one of your guests tapped into it. And it happens when you're like, it starts at anywhere between 27 to 31. It's when um, Saturn gets back to its axis point when you were born. 
and pretty much it's an initiation into the next phase of life and yeah. it's really hard and it's difficult and it's challenging and you lose friends and you get new shit and you lose sh- old shit and wow, 27 to 31 yeah i'm yeah, entering yeah. my jupiter return this year what's that every 12 years oh yeah do you know what that's about i've never heard of uh that. same thing like a rebirth okay yeah yeah. I don't know much about it. I hear women talk about it, and I know that I'm entering I'm gonna, in. So. I'm going to tap into that because yeah. I didn't even know about yeah, that. Yeah, Jupiter. Okay. Um, favorite book of all time? Oh, favorite book of all time. That's a good one. Mm, I would have to say maybe Celestine Prophecy. Mm, okay. And what I'm reading right now is really hitting home. Okay. Yeah, what I a return to love. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, favorite rom-com? Oh my god! Uh, maybe how to lose a guy in ten days. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, favorite quote. Oh, favorite quote. Oh, that's good. Um, mm. That one I have to think about. Or like a philosophy, something that just like sticks out. Like any principles you live by. I mean, I guess I would just say like, stay true to you. It's very simple. It maybe sounds corny, but like, just I really kind of always connect to the idea of just being authentic, and it's hard to do that in this world but like finding your way back to you okay and like connecting surrendering yeah okay uh last one marry fuck kill to live new york la san diego oh my god (laughs) (laughs) uh marry fuck kill okay that's good um (laughs) fuck new york of course because that's like Get like I told out. you earlier, like your sadistic ex, they're going to fuck you up, but you love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, marry L.A. because I found love in L.A. And kill San Diego because I was born there, but it does nothing for me anymore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> love that. Um, all right. Mel, this is awesome. I was not born Any... there. I don't know why I said I was, I was born there. Say... I grew up there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. Uh, anything you want to plug or I know where can we find the show? Oh, Very Human. You can find it on YouTube, uh, Very Human Collective, um, and on Instagram and TikTok at Very Human Collective. And cool. then you can find me at Mel Brasilia. Awesome. Love it. Mel, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, my pleasure.